This is a podcast from Minute Media. Silver and Black Flashback with your host, author of the Raiders Encyclopedia, Rich Schmelter. As always, thank you so much, Murph, not only for the introduction, but allowing me to be part of the best Raiders podcast available. So, Raider Nation, how many times do we as the best damn fans in the world have to listen to other fan bases ranting about their team? Too many, am I right? Well, as I have said before, there are two kinds of fans, those lucky enough to be Raiders fans and all the other ones that wish they could be. I mean, how could anyone, and I mean anyone, even try to top our long and proud tradition carved out by some of the game's toughest and very colorful personalities? Our history cannot and will never be topped by any others. To back up that claim, all anyone outside of Raider Nation has to do is look up the dominance the silver and black possessed for so many years. And one of those areas of dominance occurred when they played on Monday night. Hey, care to guess where this episode of Silver and Black Flashback is going to take us? Well, no need to guess any longer. For we are going back to the Raiders' first ever appearance on Monday Night Football, which started them on a path to a near-perfect 24-3-1 record from 1970 through 1985 under the lights on the first workday of the week. Monday Night Football took control over that weekday beginning in 1970, a season which saw the National Football League emerge as we know it today. The merger between the American Football League and the National Football League occurred in 1966, and it was decided that it would take effect starting with the 1970 season with two conferences. The previous AFL teams became members of the American Football Conference, while the previous NFL teams were now part of the National Football Conference, with the exception of the Baltimore Colts, Cleveland Browns, and Pittsburgh Steelers. Those three teams from the old NFL went over to the AFC to balance the conferences out to 13 teams each. The impact of Monday Night Football was swift, and leading into the Raiders' first appearance on it, in the fifth week of its history, the telecast had reached 30% of the television market, which came close to 30 million viewers per week, and easily challenged the favorites in that time slot, Gunsmoke and The Lucy Show, starring the long-standing queen of television, Lucille Ball. Now, definitely, it was the growing popularity of professional football that attracted the massive amount of viewers. But a trio of broadcasters calling the action from the booth above the field also added entertainment to the game. The first play-by-play announcer for Monday Night Football was Keith Jackson. He was a well-traveled personality with a deep, almost operatic voice and his reporting covered virtually every sport, but it was his announcing of college football games that earned him everlasting fame. He was also credited with referring to the Rose Bowl game as the granddaddy of them all. Jackson's fellow announcers during that first season of Monday Night Football were Don Meredith and Howard Cosell. Jeff and Hazel's baby boy, Quarterback Dandy Don Meredith was a two-time college football All-American while at Southern Methodist University before playing for the Dallas Cowboys from 1960 to 1968. He became the starting quarterback for Dallas in 1965 and guided the Cowboys to the team's first-ever winning season the following year 
and two straight National Football League championship game appearances in 1966 and 1967. In his prime as a quarterback at 31 years of age, the Texas native retired and went into broadcasting and acting. Meredith brought humor to the broadcast, and many of his witty lines were the stuff of legend. His most famous line came when a game was clearly out of hand, and he would then start singing the country song, Turn out the lights, the party's over. Also, the stuff of legend was fiery, back-and-forth chatter between Meredith and the final member of the announcing team, the one and only Howard Cosell. The former lawyer was very smart, well-spoken, considered arrogant, had a massive ego, and his tell-it-like-it-is style of commentating was both loved and hated by the viewing public. He was the perfect match for verbal fireworks with the laid-back Meredith. For the second straight week, this announcing trio would call the action from the West Coast. One week earlier, Monday Night Football showcased the San Diego Chargers hosting the Green Bay Packers, and then it was up the California coast to focus on pro football's badasses from the northern region of the state, the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders were coming off of a near-perfect regular season record of 12-1-1 in the American Football League's final season. And during the final three seasons of the 1960s, the Raiders had a 37-4-1 record, which stands as the best record in NFL history over three consecutive seasons. John Madden earned AFL Coach of the Year honors in just his first season as head coach. However, the switch to the merged National Football League did not start off well for the Raiders, as they came into this Monday night matchup with a 1-2-1 record, having just won for the first time the week before. A main reason for the Raiders' early season woes were injuries to three key defensive stars in Willie Brown, Dan Connors, and Dan Birdwell. The Raiders' opponents for this historic game, the Washington Redskins, were fresh off their first winning season since 1955, all thanks to the incredible coaching of Vince Lombardi. After making the Green Bay Packers five-time NFL champions and winners of the first two Super Bowl games, Lombardi attempted to rebuild Washington into a title contender. He managed to have the Redskins going in the right direction, posting a 7-5-2 record in just his first season in the nation's capital. Unfortunately, the world lost one of the game's greatest head coaches to cancer shortly before the 1970 regular season was set to begin. One of Lombardi's assistants, Bill Austin, assumed the head coaching positions upon Lombardi's death. After losing their first two games, the Washington Redskins came out to Oakland for this game, riding a two-game winning streak that evened their record at 2-2. Two two. This matchup was a showcase for two of professional football's most talented quarterbacks. The Raiders were led by Darrell the Mad Bomber LaMonica, who was coming off a season that saw him earn the 1969 AFL Most Valuable Player Award, first-team All-Pro honors, and he also led the league in both passing yards and passing for touchdowns. The Redskins had Sonny Jurgensen under center, and the longtime veteran and future Hall of Famer was closing in on 30,000 career passing yards. Jurgensen was also coming off of a season that saw him earn second-team All-NFL honors, and he was the NFL leader in passing yards for the fifth time in his career. The start of our Raiders' incredible history on Monday night began shortly after 6 p.m. Pacific Coast time with the temperature at 58 degrees and a slight 6-mile-per-hour wind swirling around Oakland. 
The Redskins received the opening kickoff, but their first offensive series ended quickly after defensive tackle Tom Keating sacked Sonny Jurgensen and Washington had a punt. That was the only quarterback sack the Raiders had, but the unit applied constant pressure on Sonny Jurgensen throughout this game. On fourth down, the snap from center went high over the head of punter Mike Bragg, and the Raiders got the ball in excellent field position at the Washington 39 after Bragg tried to throw a desperation pass. On the Raiders' first ever play from scrimmage on Monday night, Daryl Amonica handed off to Hubert Dixon. The six-foot-one, 230-pound power back, described as a supercharged tank by the Oakland Tribune, swept to the left, broke free past a linebacker, cut back to his right against a flow of defenders, and with a key block from Fred Belitnikoff, Dixon made it across the goal line for the first of well over 1,000 points scored by our Raiders during their Monday night football history. George Blanda added the extra point, and the Raiders were quickly in charge with a 7-0 lead. Once again, the Oakland defense stopped Washington on their next possession. On fourth down, another punt set the Raiders up at their own 30-yard line. Dixon ate up 14 yards on two carries, and Charlie Smith added 22 yards on two carries before LaMonica unleashed a pass to Warren Wells from 28 yards out for another Oakland touchdown. On that scoring play, Wells found a seam in the secondary and was all by himself in the end zone, just waiting for the Mad Bombers pass. Blanda connected on his second extra point, and the Raiders were in control early with a 14-0 lead. Kurt Knight got Washington on the scoreboard with a 14-yard field goal to end the first quarter with the Raiders up by 11 points. Blanda started the second quarter scoring off with a 35-yard field goal to extend Oakland's lead back up to 14 points until Knight's 34-yard field goal made the score 17-6. After that, the Redskins looked to be gaining some momentum following an interception thrown by LaMonica that allowed Washington to start a drive from the Oakland 35. And three plays later, Jurgensen connected with Charlie Taylor for a 39-yard touchdown, and Knight's extra point cut the Oakland advantage to 17-13. With just under two minutes remaining in the first half, Blanda capped off a 10-play, 66-yard drive with a 21-yard field goal to give the Raiders a 20-13 halftime lead. With the lights now on at the Coliseum, the Raiders came alive right from the second-half kickoff. LaMonica moved the offense 76 yards in just seven plays. The climax to this quick scoring drive was another touchdown pass from LaMonica to Wells, with this one covering 24 yards. Blanda's extra point extended the Raiders' lead to 27-13, and the game was virtually over by then. That scoring drive was helped along by three receptions from rookie tight end Raymond Chester. With the Washington secondary focusing on Belitnikoff and Wells, Chester was able to get open without a problem. The Raiders added the final dagger into the Redskins' hearts with a nine-play drive that covered 70 yards. During this march into the Washington end zone, Dixon continued to abuse the Washington defense, gaining 44 punishing yards on just four carries. LaMonica then finished the drive off with a perfectly executed screen pass to Charlie Smith from 16 yards out. On the day, LaMonica threw for three touchdowns and 232 yards. Blanda added the final Oakland point of the evening with a conversion kick that upped the Raiders' dominant showing to 34-13, and it was probably a safe bet, folks, to assume that Dandy Don Meredith was probably up in the booth singing his version of Turn Out the Lights, The Party's Over. 
Midway through the fourth quarter, Sonny Jurgensen threw a touchdown pass to tight end Jerry Smith to finish the game off at 34-20. The big story of this game was Hewitt Dixon's slashing, bone-crushing runs that allowed him to finish with 164 rushing yards on just 18 carries. After two injury-plagued seasons, Dixon was back in full force with a national television audience looking on, and his teammates awarded his efforts by presenting him with the game ball. Dixon's rushing total was the most by a running back in the early history of Monday Night Football, and it gave him rushing leadership in the AFC with 369 yards in just five games. He finished the year with 861 yards in 10th place among league running backs. As for the Raiders, they got back on track with their winning ways, finishing with a 6-2-1 record after their Monday night appearance. They captured their first ever AFC Western Division title with an 8-4-2 record and advanced to the AFC Championship game before losing to the eventual Super Bowl champions, the Baltimore Colts. The Redskins won two straight after losing to the Raiders, but then suffered a five-game losing streak that stopped any hopes of postseason dreams, and the season ended with Washington at 6-8. Okay, Raider Nation! Here we are at the end of another episode of Silver and Black Flashback. But this will not be the end of more great Monday Night Magic created by our Raiders. Looking forward to sharing much more dominance and intimidation dished out by our bad boys of pro football. So until the next time we meet up, as always, and from the bottom of my heart, I proudly salute all of you by saying, Love you Raider Nation! <laughs>